Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical world view. Thank you so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am here in the state of South Dakota, but I'm actually also joined remotely, as usual, by my brother Jacob Johnson, back oh. in Pennsylvania. For the time being, unfortunately. Um, go to... And sadly, sadly, life does not win here. Uh, no. <laughs> By the way, check out that t-shirt, right? Ain't that a cool t-shirt? That is from The Blaze. Um, commemorating 6-24-22, the day that life won on a Supreme federal Court. scale yeah. in the United States of America. Very, very exciting day. If you want to get your own, go to Blaze media i don't know their website go to the blaze check out there i'm not advertising for the blaze it's not my yeah. job but if you want one of those shirts you should get one of those shirts it's really cool head on over to the blaze merch shop and check that out we also have shirts of our own you know if you're just buying shirts willy-nilly you know we've got shirts maybe they don't say life wins like that which i get it it's a cool shirt <laughs> but we yeah. have cool shirts too so check out our merch store go to drdshow.net you can find a link to our merch store on our website as well. So, you know, if you're feeling like supporting people and you happen to think of us, we'd appreciate that. Um, I just mentioned the show's website, trdshow.net. We got all sorts of cool stuff on there. We also have a way for you to earn free stuff. You can get a free version, free t-shirt uh, from us by going to trdshow.net and joining our referral program. I think you can also go to trdshow.net slash refer to join that program. Uh, join our newsletter, trdshow.net slash newsletter. We got all sorts of cool stuff on that website. Check it out. By the way, newsletter takes like 30 seconds to join, maybe less. It's super cool. We highly recommend it to everyone who's listening to this show. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We want to hear your thoughts about what you hear on the show today, or maybe you've heard throughout the week, because it is Friday, our discussion uh, topic Friday. Because it is our discussion topic Friday, I also have in my notes that I have to remind you to send us topic ideas. Um, we've gotten a few submissions in the past, which has been incredible. We appreciate each and every one of them. Send us more, though, because, you know, our list, we're having to now fill it in ourselves, and we, <laughs> we really think that it's uh, better served, these episodes are better served when our audience is contributing to this list, and we're answering questions from our audience and actually having discussion topics provided and generated by you. So send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com with your questions, suggestions, and topic ideas. We want to hear from you. So like yeah, I said, and oh, go ahead, Jake. And our list is very limited as to how many topics we have right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, please yeah. send in more. We're running out of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't want to sound too desperate, but also I do want to get emails. So if that's what it takes. We're desperate. Yes. <laughs> if that's what it takes to get emails. All right. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right. This is what happens when you don't have like a producer guy and we're the ones in charge of content. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the best marketing message is for the audience. Like maybe they'll, they don't want to hear that we're running out of ideas. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's how it is. It is how we get emails. Then that's the important thing. All right. So we want emails. We it's want currency for us. emails. It is a currency. Dude, I like that analogy. That is a really good way to put it. It is like 
a currency for us to get emails from you. Don't it send us, us money. Send us emails. Oh, Never mind. Uh, we, want uh, we want money. We we need. Yeah, we we want money. <laughs> <laughs> we need money too. Send us emails. Oh, maybe emails with money. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. If you can do that. Yes, if that's possible, do it. I I don't know. All right. <laughs> so our discussion topic today is not about money or emails. Um, it's actually about the Ten Commandments in real life. Commandment number two. So, uh, not money and emails. So um, we've got a lot to talk about, obviously. Anytime we, this is our second time talking about command, Ten Commandments in real life, uh, episode number two in this series. So anytime we talk about Ten Commandments, we've got a lot to say. So I don't want to spend too much time introducing it. I want to get right into it after we talk about our verse this week which is equally as exciting. Excuse me. So we've been talking about this all week. If you missed it, go to our Monday and Wednesday episodes to get even more uh, of a breakdown of this verse. But our verse this week is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. So I guess technically it's two verses. But uh, these verses say, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And again, that's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14. So this verse is like most of the other verses we read on this show, a powerful one. Find me a verse in the Bible that is not a powerful one. And I'll say you're wrong. Um, so every verse in the holy and inspired word of God is powerful. But this one in particular, I just, it gets me when I read this. I mean, this key part of this, the middle, it says he sat down at the right hand of God. What is imagery does that give you? It's a, it's a prince sitting down at the throne as a king, right? This is Christ reigning on earth. He sat down at the right hand of God, excuse me, waiting from that time. Again, like I said on our Monday episode, this is establishing a timeline here. When did he sit down at the right hand of God? After he had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins. And now, as we see in Matthew chapter 28, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him as king, right? Now, He is waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Now, if you are an enemy of Christ, I would be shaking in my boots right now. (laughs) This is a powerful, powerful message. Also, this is a reminder for Christians to stand up and work for this. This is what we are called to do. Jake has been uh, saying this whole week. Go therefore, exclamation mark. (laughs) This is important because of this, because Christ is king. He's sitting at the right hand of God, waiting for the time that his enemies should be made the footstool for his feet. This is vitally important. And I'll also capitalize a little bit like I did on Monday on that last part, okay? For by a single offering, he is perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. That sanctification is personal as well as cultural. When we talked about uh, Raymond Simmons' book, Confessional County, he talked about that, that uh, uh, confessionalism on a county level, on a cultural level, the culture is being sanctified as well as the individuals in that culture. So I thought that was a really good verse to bring up this week. All right, let's get into our discussion topic, the Ten Commandments in Real Life Commandment 2. So Let's, I think, a great place to start is to actually read the second commandment. Maybe some people have forgotten what it is or some of the wording might be different. So let's read that. Exodus chapter 20 verses 4 through 6 says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image 
or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to... Uh, bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. And again, that was Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. So, um, I'm going to kind of introduce this and Jake interject anytime with your points. That's kind of how these discussion Friday episodes work. Um, neither of us really has specific times where we're going to talk. So anytime you have something to say, speak up and I'll do the same when you're talking. <laughs> so not I'm interrupting you on purpose and not intentionally or unintentionally <laughs> without intent to interrupt. Um, so, so I, you know, to kick things off, I want to, introduce the principles behind this law and talk about some of my takeaways that I, I believe are some of the principles. And I'd love to hear what some of your thoughts on this are, are, are as well. So with, with the first commandment, um, we talked a lot about loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, <clears throat> and if you missed that episode, go back and, and check it out. So we talked a, through a lot of different stuff in that episode. Um, so that's the first commandment, love, loving God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second commandment is similar, but in a slightly different way. So the principle is, is kind of, it's slightly different. Um, one of the facets behind this commandment that, that I drew from this, and, and I've actually, um, in preparation for this, I read through a couple of different, uh, a couple of different books and commentaries. I read through uh, Burkhoff. Lewis Burkhoff has a, has a great book, uh, Systematic Theology. Uh, Brackle. Uh, Wilhelmus, I think, how do you say his first name? I don't even know. Wilhelmus, Helmus, I think that's how you say it. Brackle, B-R-A-K-E-L. Fantastic commentary as well. Also read through J.I. Packer had some great stuff to say. So that's kind of what I use as research for this. So one of the things that I pulled from my research um, in studying this was that the commandment has a very physical nature to it. So the, the other one is very spiritual. It's heart, soul, mind, strength is physical, but the other three kind of are the, the main part and strength is, is tacked on there. Well, this one, what I pulled from it, and I'm sure Jake has more, is, is, is very physical in nature. Um, we're being commanded not to create physical idols that we then bow down to and worship. And that's just one facet. There's a very spiritual facet to this as well that we'll get into, but I do want to make the point that this has a physical nature to it. This is a very physical thing to think about as well. Physically, we shouldn't be setting up idols. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means in a minute, because obviously none of us are setting up golden statues and wor worshiping them today. Well, I can't say none of us. I guess there's crazy people all over the place. But <laughs> we as in the Christian community aren't doing that today, like Israel did with the golden calf in a, in a physical, visible way, as physically invisible. Um, but, you know, this commandment is also a reminder that God should be served in the way that he instructs. And this is what I want to capitalize <clears throat> excuse me, on a little bit more is it, it's sort of the regulative principle of worship uh, in another way, right? A slightly different facet to that. Um, but it's a reminder that God should be served in the way that he instructs. So I have three things I do want to get into before I do, Jake. Anything you'd like to just contribute really briefly before I list those three? Um, yeah, and I mean, I guess I can go into contrasting 
it being physical if you're done yes. talking about it being physical uh yes um, actually i'd love to hear more about that yeah so <clears throat> excuse me when we when we come to look for a practical application yeah right, when we when we say practical application obviously it doesn't just mean physical application Mm. This is not just a physical application of what we're trying to do. Yeah. But a practical application involves a lot of different things. Um, and But we have to understand that it, it's not a physical action. It's not only a physical action. As Bruce was stating, it, it is partly physical. But we have to take in both. And But it's also an inner look on, in ourselves. Mm. Right? How do we think of God? Right? How do we view God? Is it a broken view of God? Do we, when, uh, and I think J.I. Packer um, stated this, that when we think of God, right, if we're imagining God in our minds, yeah. that yeah. is wrong. We are creating an image of God in our heads, especially when it doesn't, um, have all of the attributes of God applied to it. And obviously, mm. with our limited mind, we're not going to apply every single attribute the entire time yeah. to an image of God. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's a Calvin, John Calvin quote I want to bring up a little bit later that, that actually addresses that, that images can never fully represent God. And anytime we yeah. think they do... Uh, that's blasphemy. <laughs> that yeah. is heresy. It's almost like trying to understand the Trinity. And it's like, yes, got it all figured out. I can explain this perfectly. Yeah, it makes total sense. It's like, well, right off the bat, you're wrong. <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't even need to, like, you're wrong if you think yeah. you understand it, right? Yeah. And along this same vein, I want to talk about something that's not necessarily thought of a lot of, but we ourselves are images of God, mm. as Genesis one twenty seven says. So God created. It says, "So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him. Male and female, He created them." Oh, oh, that's not very non-binary of you. You should be more <laughs> inclusive. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so, since we are images of God, mm. not showing every single attribute of God in ourselves, we've created an, at, an idol in and of ourselves mm. that is only a likeness to God. Yeah. And not a representation of God. Yeah. And, and so, we, if we are not showing all the attributes of God, and in our own sinful humanistic nature, we, we cannot, then we are, I would say, breaking this commandment. Mm. And again, this is true of our Christian life. We break these commandments every single day. <laughs> yes. And this yes. is an inclusion of that. You, you cannot say that any of these commandments you have never broken. Mm. Yep. And this one even more so. But yeah, that's, and I'll that's spend the I want to spend a little bit more time um, a little bit later talking about using, you know, how we spend our time um, and what sorts of things we may not think of as idolatry that actually are. So I'll be I'll be getting yeah. a little bit more into that a little bit later as well. Yeah. So. And just just as a contrast, that's that's a physical and I'm not saying we should make that any less. Yeah. But yeah. there also is a spiritual and a 
not so physical aspect to it as well. Yeah. That good we point. have to consider both. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, very cool. Thank you, Jake, for, for bringing that up. Um, making that, that point that it is spiritual as, as well as physical. And we need to focus on both of them as well. Instead of just focusing on the one it's like, yes, sweet. I got this figured out. I am not breaking this commandment whatsoever. It's like, well, did you see this? You know, <laughs> did you know it's also spiritual? So that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, so I, I do actually want to quote uh, Brackle. Brackle in his systematic works titled The Christian's Reasonable Service says uh, in, pay, in chapter 47 that, and here's his quote, the second commandment requires the proper manner of worship. Each master wants to be served according to his dictates. It is neither a matter of indifference to God as to how we serve him, nor ought we to be of the opinion that he will be pleased just so long as he is served even if it is in a manner which is acceptable to us. No, he wishes to be served in a manner pleasing to him and which he has prescribed to us. He indeed takes note of the manner of service as carefully as the service itself, end quote. So this applies to all sorts of different things. And I was fascinated to, to read this. Um, but I think also, I think that we need to apply this when we're talking about the civil government. I think it's one of the most the glaring shortfalls in the Christian community today is that we think the civil government is an area of our lives that can just slip by. We can serve God without really knowing how to serve God. We can adhere to the Ten Commandments and do that. And it's like, sweet, that's pretty much it. Well, in my position as a civil magistrate, I haven't murdered anyone or allowed anyone to be murdered. Okay. I haven't condoned thievery. I haven't lied. Well, those are all good things, but there's so much more to it. Uh, and right here, Brackle is talking about, we, um, he says that God, um, we should, we should not be of the opinion that God will be pleased just so long as he is served, even if it, if it's in a manner which is acceptable to us. So it's like, well, I feel good that I, in my position as a magistrate, have upheld God's moral law. And so because of that, I feel like I've done my service to God. And actually, Brackle here is, is going against that. And he's saying, no, 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 you have to do it the way that God has called you to do it, which means that you have to ensure that civil government is just the justice division of society. They don't do education. They don't do roads. They don't do all of these sorts of things. And that you discuss and study the word of God beyond just the summary, which is the Ten Commandments, but the whole word of God in order to understand how the civil government should be run in your position. This That's just one example, right? But I think it's the one that's lacking the most, unfortunately, right now in Christian circles, which you know is evidenced by the fact that our society is crumbling around us. Anyways, I thought that was a good quote. Um, it actually reminded me of Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, where Christ said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we prophesy, uh, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And that was Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Another uh, that I think also kind of upholds that is that we need to be serving God the way that he 
it wants to be served, right? Brackle started out by saying each master wants to be served according to his dictates. We need to know what those dictates are. We need to know how God wants to be served. Uh, additionally, God is reminding his people of his covenant with them. That's another part of this commandment is it's a covenantal reminder. Um, in verses five and six, he says, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. So this is showing us the covenantal nature of these commands as well. This is, this is important stuff here, <laughs> not something to just mess around with. All right. So uh, we've kind of laid out the principles. Now I want to talk specifically about what is not idol worshiping. What is not idol worshiping? So Brackle makes the point that this command is, is on the first table of the law, uh, which means it relates to religious worship of God and not the way that we interact with those around us, which is what the second table pertains to. Uh, the point is that making images that aren't meant to be depictions of God is not being forbidden here. Um, so I, I think upon reading this for the first time, a lot of people can think, oh my goodness, this is saying, don't make any images. Like, don't make a likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that's in the wonder, water under the earth. It's very comprehensive, right? Don't bow down to them, you know, all of this. So, that's like, okay, wow. But Brackle's reminding us that, well, this is in relation to the religious worship of God. So, if you're not making an image of God, that's it's okay for you to do. So, what exactly is idol worshiping then? If that's what it's not, what is it? Before I get to that, Jake, is there anything that you'd like to add uh, in regards to what it is not, what idol worshiping is not? Comment on that. Um, yeah, and I'm, I mean, this may lead you into your next point or the point after, but um, can I ask, so then what is idol worship? Ah, you know, all right. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, what how would you define, there we go, how would you define idol worship? Yeah, um, so I think that there are two different types of idol worship. Um, someone somewhere once said, and I forget the exact quote, so I'll paraphrase just a little bit, anything we put ahead of God becomes our idol or is our idol. Um, and that's kind of speaking in a non-religious idolatry sense. So in a religious excuse me, in a religious sense, anything that we call God that is not him, that's idol worship. Um, so I think that, um, I'm trying to see here what the best quote would be to summarize that. But Jay, I, I have two quotes, Jay, one from J.I. Packer, one from John Calvin. Um, I'll just quote the J.I. Packer one and then after I say, after I quote that, let me know if that answered your question or not, because I, I think that's a good question to kind of like summarize that. But um, J.I. Packer addresses this quite nicely in his book, Knowing God. He says, God says quite categorically, thou shalt not make any likeness of anything for use in worship. This categorical statement rules out not simply the use of pictures and statues, which depict God as an animal, but also the use of pictures and statues, which depict him as the highest created thing we know, a human. 
It also rules out the use of pictures and statues of Jesus Christ as a man, although Jesus himself was and remains man, for all pictures and statues are necessarily made after the likeness of ideal manhood as we conceive it, and therefore come under the ban which the command imposes, end quote. So later down on that same page, I think it's the same page, J.I. Packer quotes John Calvin, um, and Calvin's quote is, a true image of God is not to be found in all the world. And hence, his glory is defiled, and his truth corrupted by the lie, whenever he is set before our eyes in a visible form. Therefore, to devise any image of God is, in, is itself impious. Because of this corruption, his majesty is adulterated, and his he is figured to be other than he is, end quote. So, the essence here is that we can't capture the essence of God. We can't mm. capture or fathom with our own human understanding what God truly is, what he looks like. So to try and do that is idolatry. We're coming up with something off our own heads and calling it God. That is idolatry in a religious sense. So this, yeah. I think, does that answer your question at least halfway, partially? Certainly, certainly. And to kind of put this, put what uh, John Calvin is saying there into a, into a way that most people can get, it's yeah. like trying to create a statue or an image that shows merciful, shows <laughs> biblical yes. justice, shows anger, religious, uh, um, righteous, righteous anger, anger yeah. um, uh, and shows like, shows love, unending yes. love. Can you fit all of those things? <laughs> and more so, because I didn't even touch on all of them. Yeah. But in more so, into a statue yeah yeah dude that was actually really good summation i feel like we should quote that somewhere <laughs> that was that was really good yeah yep that gets right to the heart of what what john, john calvin's trying to say there and and that is exactly what is i would term religious idolatry sunday morning right in service worshiping god so, we understand that images and depictions of God in our religious worship is wrong. But does that mean that his law doesn't apply to us the other six days of the week? Now, in a sense, this is kind of, um, uh, it's not phrasing the question entirely correctly because we are worshiping God in everything that we do, right? When we, but when, when we work as unto him, we're, we're working for his glory. But this is talking about a very serious a worship service that we're called to do Sundays. We are called to do that. That's what that's relating to. But what about during the non-worship, non-Sunday activities? Obviously, the law does apply, right? Um, idolatry is also the act of placing anything above God, which is kind of what I was trying to get at a little bit earlier, Jake. Uh, this can be in your thoughts or actions. Whatever it is that you spend more time thinking about than God and his truths can become an idol. Uh, if a whole day goes by and you haven't spent time in the word of God or in prayer, then the things you did spend your time doing were placed above God, those are idols. Those things have taken the place of God and you've put them in a higher level of importance and God down here. Those are your physical idols that you've constructed. Idolatry is not religious. Um, being enveloped and consumed by th sinful things is also idolatry. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5 says, put to death therefore what is earthly in your 
Uh, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So idolatry is that, is covetousness, is, is these earthly things, while you're not complete, while you're not putting up a, a, a golden calf, you are putting other things above God and you're coveting after those things. Christ reminded us in Luke chapter 12, verse 34, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure is here on earth, then you are not worshiping God with your heart. That treasure has become an idol. That treasure is a physical thing now that you place above God in level of importance. If we aren't worshiping God with all our heart, we're breaking both the first and the second commandments. So, I thought that was important to note as well. We got about two minutes left, Jake. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Further comments? I, I do have a quote. Cool. Um, and this, again, this moving back into the, the spiritual end of it, because yeah, yeah. it seems like that's that's where I am right now. But um, uh, in G.K. Beale's book, uh, We Become What We Worship, he says, Ooh, nice. the last... The last verse of First John says, Guard yourselves from idols. It is possible that he was referring to literal idols, but more likely he is summarizing the argument of the whole epistle of First John, mm. which is a warning against, uh, be against believing the false teaching that Christ was not truly human. Mm. So, guard yourselves from idols, and... And guard yourselves from false teaching, which is an idol, right? Which can become an idol. Uh, so that's that's what I think basically that he's saying here. But also that um, Christ, in saying that the false teaching that Christ was not truly human, is you're taking out aspects of um, God. Yes. Right? You're forgetting Creating a that, whole new God. Yeah. 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 And you're you're not putting all of the attributes of God into him. Yep. So I would I would suggest if you want to good dive deeper into this topic, you should really look at this book, We Become What We Worship by G. K. Beale. Um, nice. Really good. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks, Jake. Another book recommendation. Woo! We love those here on the Reform Dissenters. Awesome. Well, anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? We are officially at time. So, nope. Very cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was a, a, a heavy discussion. Um, some of our other discussions are a little lighter. Uh, but, I mean, I think in this series, going through the Ten Commandments, they're all going to be pretty heavy discussions because there's so much here. I mean, this took a lot of research and we've barely scratched the surface on what there is to know about these laws. Um, they're so comprehensive and, and relate to all of life. I mean, when David says, I pant for your laws, a deer pants for water, all of these truths that affect us in so many different ways and affect so many areas of our life, we should be panting for, we should be seeking, we should be searching the scriptures to find these things. And that applies to all of the law, not just, not just the summary. And this is just the summary. The Ten Commandments are a summary of the whole law, right? This applies to all areas of scripture. The, the judicial laws that also talk about principles for structuring societies, those require even more study, right? So 
all of these laws cannot be, the importance of studying them cannot be overstated. We have to spend time studying these things. And we have to encourage our pastors to be studying these things too, so they can present them to us as shepherds. They are the ones responsible for shepherding the flock and delivering us these sorts of things and studying them and bringing them to our attention. So we have to pray for our pastors. We have to pray that they deliver these things to us and talk to them if they aren't doing that. And if all else fails, find a church with a pastor that is. Anything else you'd like to add? I'll ask you one more time before we wrap up. <laughs> nope. Cool. Other than go, the go there call for? to action. Other than the call to action that I used in the very first episode of this week. Nice. But yeah. Go there for. I like it. Yep. <laughs> and if you want us to do a yes. um, topic discussion on that, all on just those two words. Yeah. No, but the entirety of what that means. Yes. There is so much there. We'll call it the go there for episode. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thank you everyone so much for watching or listening to us today don't forget go to trdshow.net send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com we really really want to hear from you hear your thoughts sign up for our newsletter trdshow.net slash newsletter and follow us on gap on getter all sorts of places we're looking forward to seeing you on monday and remember everyone in all that you do do it as unto the lord